on Health Matters with Dr. Shakib, and this is your host, Momak Shakib. This episode has to do with snoring, why it happens, what to do about it. It has to do with CPAP, if that's the best thing to do, if there's an alternative for it. And we all probably, everyone listening here, either knows someone or is a CPAP user. Why? All of a sudden, so many people are using it. Why do we have more snores? Are we talking more about snoring and discussing methods to get rid of it because we were ashamed of it or was just like bad-mouthing your spouse or your partner if they snored or something? Or is there an actual rise in the reasons why people are snoring and having issues with breathing while they're sleeping. So uh, listen up, listen carefully, and bear in mind that the best treatment always is to address the root cause of the problem. So if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, I absolutely encourage you to forward them to me via email, drspodcastshow at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and share this episode with your loved ones. So with no further ado, here's the actual episode. All right, let's get some statistics down on snoring. Supposedly an estimated 90 million American adults of all ages and genders snore, with 37 million of them experiencing it regularly. Not only can it worsen as you age, but it also leads to, obviously, restless sleep, not just for you, but for your bed partner. Sleeping is so important to your health. Why? Other than the very obvious, it's the only time your brain actually detoxifies. Your brain is the controller. If you were a concert, your brain is the conductor. Your your brain is a master coordinator. It coordinates every single thing that happens to your body and everything that happens is reported to your brain. So you can't afford not detoxifying it. And the detoxification of the brain happens when you're sleeping. When you're sleeping, a lot of different systems quiet down because that's also when most healing takes place. So you don't want to mess with your sleeping, and that's a given fact. So the question is, why do people even snore? Essentially, when the muscles at the back of your throat are relaxed, which is the case when you sleep, it's easy to snore. So when you're into deep sleep, the throat muscles relax, the air passageway narrows, your tongue falls backward, and you snore. So when it comes to people with snoring, all these different components that interfere with the passageway of air are approached. So, you know, that's a typical case when it comes to addressing issues. So if there are four ingredients to make a bad thing when it comes to your health, um, each one individually is addressed as if that's going to solve the problem. So for example, 
if the tongue falls backward, they come up with devices that will uh, uh, compress the tongue down and pull it in the front so it doesn't fall backward. If your uvula, that little um, uh, soft tissue extension, if you open your mouth and you look in the back of your throat, on the all the way in the back, on the sides are where your tonsils and your adenoids are, which if you've had tonsillectomy, those are removed. And then there is this thing hanging, this tissue that's hanging in the middle of the back of your throat, that's your uvula. So then um, because of obstruction, you want to open up that area as if. So they go in and surgically remove the uvula, surgically remove the tonsils. I mean, that's like, okay, let's do this and see if it happens. The issue I have with all of that is if it was meant to not be there, you'd be born without it. So that's a very old fashioned way of looking at it perhaps, but to me that makes total sense. So I am really, really leery about doing any surgical removal of my body parts because of whatever is going on. Now, if I had, let's say breast cancer, I would remove that, but let's not digress. Let's talk about snoring here. So. The issue that I want to bring to your attention is that that is not necessarily the right answer. So as your airway becomes narrower, the louder the snoring becomes because the air struggles to get through the soft palate. That's like, so your hard palate is the roof of your mouth, where it, which is actually the bottom of your skull. Then if you use your tongue to follow the hard part of your uh, the roof of your mouth, you get to a softer part. That's called soft palate. So a passageway has to do with soft palate, tongue, uvula, like I explained, and your tonsils. Interestingly enough, they do things to actually interfere or change the shape or the consistency or, uh, um, yeah, consistency of the soft palate. We'll get to it, but I just it's mind boggling to me. In some cases, obstructions in the airway can occur, which in this case would be sleep apnea. So there's an actual obstruction, which we'll get into. So what causes snoring? And there are a lot of different triggers. For example, the anatomy of your mouth is a reason having enlarged tonsils or adenoids or deviated nasal septums or crooked partition between your nostrils or nasal polyps can also worsen the narrowing of the throat during sleep. People who have a low and thick soft palate may also have a narrow airway. Having an elongated uvula may also cause an obstruction. So let's say if you got hit in the nose and your, uh, your, your septum is deviated, then obviously you weren't born like that. Some people are born with a deviated septum and they can surgically fix it or tape it depending on how, where the deviation is. That's a whole different uh, podcast by itself. Nasal problem like respiratory infection or allergy attack 
can lead to snoring. Why? Because you're, you're not breathing through your nose and you're breathing through your mouth and that's a whole different situation. Sleep deprivation when failing to get enough sleep at night can cause further throat relaxation. If your throat relaxes too much, which what is too much? We're going to get into that. Then that can cause snoring, can trigger snoring. I'm not saying that now we go and address each one of these separately and individually, but I'm just discussing what can cause snoring. Alcohol intake. When you take alcohol, it actually relaxes your throat muscles. With The more it relaxes, the more it just kind of closes the passageway. Then there is sleep apnea, which is we're all familiar with. Um, impaired breathing brought on by an obstructed passageway during sleeping. It affects over one quarter women and half of men. And it must be addressed immediately. Why? Because sleeping is issue. It's, it's very, very important. So if you're on the verge, you just don't know, we call that subclinical. If you don't know you're diabetic, but you're on the verge, when you're not sleeping enough, that can push you. So it doesn't, sleep apnea does not cause heart disease, does not cause gout, does not cause type 2 diabetes or poor immune system function or depression. It doesn't cause it, but that's a straw that broke the camel's back. So there's all these other things that are happening. It just pushes you in that direction. Why? Because the very part of your existence, your brain does not get to relax, detoxify, and refresh. So every function that it is involved in, which is everything, becomes, it worsens essentially. So if you're on the verge, you just don't know, you become it. Keep that in mind. That is a huge misunderstanding. Sleep apnea does not cause diabetes type 2 or gout or poor immune function, but it's a feeder of those problems. If I could get that across, and you know, unfortunately, when it comes, you know, in this country, we don't have health care. We have sick care. So let's get our terminology down right. We have sick care. And there, there are billions and billions of dollars spent on anything that has to do with sickness. The best way to get cooperation from anyone and everyone is through fear. So when we start elaborating on how horrible, for example, type 2 diabetes can be. And we actually come across people who have the extreme, um, I just last week, I was talking to a patient of mine and learned that the loved one had passed away because of diabetes that suffered from. That's scary. No one wants to see that. So become, we become fearful. We want to do whatever it takes to not have it. The question and the keyword is what it takes. Because what it takes is not to just be afraid. 
being afraid is not going to solve any problem. It, it should become the motivation to learn more, become more educated and have an objective mindset as you read and you come across any piece of information. If the information is provided by the very organization, very entity that wants to sell you something, be even extra more cautious. That's my advice. That goes for everything. So if you don't sleep, there is a daytime drowsiness, difficulty concentrating. You know, some people rarely can function. They wake up in the middle of the night choking and gasping for breath. That's not common, but it does happen. I mean, if you're not breathing, your brain's going to wake you up, say, hey, take a breath. Your survival depends on it. In the long term, sleep deficiency can trigger many chronic health problems, just like I explained. Listen, we're spending so much money trying to understand diseases and the cancer issue is still there. Diabetes is still there. I mean, there are so many theories and then the next theory comes in and cancels that. It, we do not have a good grasp on health in this country in this world because we are looking in the wrong direction as long as you could look to the left for an answer and the answer is actually on the right side it doesn't matter how detailed you are in assessing what it comes across to you as long as you look to the left you're not gonna see the answer it's pretty darn obvious so if after all these times, all this awareness, all this understanding, all the money that is spent on sick care, we're still as sick as before and we're having more chronic issues than ever before, then our approach, what we've been looking at has not been the answer. That's not rocket science, that's pretty darn obvious. Chronic problems are going to get worse because actually we're going to develop chronic problems because the brain which controls everything is impacted. Diabetes, obesity, immune problems, decrease, I mean, cancer, everything. So it's pretty darn obvious, but according to Dr. Daniel P. Slaughter, a snoring expert at Capital Autolaryngology, in Austin, Texas, snoring can create real problems in a marriage. Well, duh, yes. <laughs> I mean, no kidding. Um, I'm yet to come across someone who is sleep deprived and uh, is um, super energetic and uh, pleasant to be around. So if the person who's snoring is not sleeping well enough, wakes up choking and gasping for air and the person who's sleeping next to him does not get to sleep. I don't think the two are going to be two happy people. So hopefully, <laughs> well, let's move on. There are a number of anti-snoring devices today that claim to supposedly reduce or eliminate snoring. They come in various forms from anti-snoring wristbands that send jolts of electricity whenever you snore 
to high technology smart beds that self-adjust mattress that tracks the person's sleeping position, raising the head by a few degrees in order to prevent snoring. I kind of like that one. I don't like anything that will jolt me or anything that reminds me of these little mm, devices you put in the back of your, like between your shoulder blades that zap you to uh, sit up straight as if that works. Or those corset you wear to have those pull the shoulders back. Some solutions are a bit more old fashioned, like chin straps and mouthpieces or mouth guards that work by repositioning your jaw in such a way that your airway opens properly. So this is, I just read that, this means there is a malpositioning of the jaw. What are we going to do about that? Because the malpositioning of the jaw comes with a whole list of issues, one of which is snoring. So wearing a mouth guard so you're not snoring only solves that issue. That comes, that malpositioning of the jaw comes with a lot of other things. So are we going to, with the headache that comes with that, do we now take medication for the headache? And then there is a, um, a dizziness that can happen as a result of that. Do we take medication for that? I mean, before you know it, you're, you're um, a walking pharmacy and you might as well, a walking pharmacy with medicine and uh, medical devices. Let's be real. My goodness. Use your common sense. A chin strap that covers the entire mouth. <laughs> I mean, covering the entire mouth is never a good idea. That's going to choke you. So for those of you who need to see some research being done, there is Dr. Richard Schwab, director of Pennsylvania Sleep Center, that said the same thing. It's not a good idea. It can choke you. Yes, exactly. So there, you have Dr. Richard Schwab's um, sleep center from Pennsylvania Sleep Center that says that. So for those of you who can't move unless uh, some paper gets published, there you have it. Home remedies for snoring. There are home remedies for snoring. Side, uh, sleep sideways. Uh, uh, from my perspective, postural neurology, functional movement, sleeping on your back is the best position for multiple reasons. So I suggest if you're sleeping on your side, make sure, um, go ahead and touch your, the top of your shoulder where your arm gets connected to your body. That's the top of your shoulder. There is like a ball inside a socket. Any place on the ball if you sleep when you're sleeping on your side is a fair game. It's good. If you sleep on your shoulder blade as you sleep on your side, that is not going to be good for you for other reasons. Raise um, the head of your bed. That does not mean you sit up. That just means you put a pillow. So whatever your pillow is and pillow positioning is a huge thing. But if you, this is what I suggest for people who have GERD, uh, uh, gastroesophageal reflux, um, 
to where imagine your pillow is right under your bed you put an another pillow perpendicular to it so your body is lifted to not just your neck and uh, there is a right way to uh, use your pillow uh, if you go to my youtube channel just search youtube under my name dr shakib you can see the videos for sleeping sideways how to do that and how to position your pillow try using dental appliances is another home remedy uh, so some dentists can help construct a device that will change your airways opening leaving sufficient room for your tongue so it does not obstruct your airways i've seen those devices being sold separately not by a dentist uh, so one of the things obviously we breathe through our nose so a nice thing to do is before going to bed you just cover your head uh, have like a steam like a pot with hot water um, I kind of like eucalyptus in it too and uh, put a towel over your head and breathe some of that it just um, helps clear out your airways and minimize swelling of your nasal passages don't eat large meals at night multiple reasons this being one of them a full stomach can push your diaphragm up which makes it difficult to breathe manage your weight Heavy people, overweight people typically have extra tissue in the back of their throat, just like they have extra tissue elsewhere, and that can um, construct, I mean, obstruct the area and cause snoring. There are tongue and throat exercises, very easy to do. Uh, you put your upper and lower molars together, you open your mouth all the way, just don't overstretch it. Just open it all the way and as you close it, make sure the molars touch each other again. These are the exercises you can do. About 5 to 10 sets of 10 to 20 reps throughout the day. That will um, help your jaw muscles feel stronger and back of your mouth. Um, basically, the whole musculature gets stronger. And nasal strips or external nasal dilators, you can put this strip over your nose, which stretches your, opens up your nasal passageway, it broadens it, makes it easier to breathe. Obviously, avoid alcohol, just like I said, because it relaxes alcohol, relaxes the muscles in the back of your uh, throat and makes it difficult, uh, makes it um, easy to snore. Tobacco, however actually irritates the tissue the lining of your throat and nose and it causes swelling and decreases the airflow and there are people that still drink milk before going to bed i don't know how that started my guess is it started with uh, i don't know maybe in the old days milk was the thing to do in the old like little house on the prairie days and then who knows maybe milk industry tried to increase their um, their consumption of milk I don't know but milk creates more mucus not a good idea you shouldn't be drinking anything before going to bed because then you have to get up and go to pee and now that you you just interrupted your sleep but if you have to drink drink water not milk so if you have congestion from infection or allergies, 
obviously there are things you can do i'm going to get more into it but using that um, 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 pot of hot water with maybe eucalyptus some calming maybe some lavender uh, things like that just uh, just to open up the passageway is a good idea avoid taking sedatives why because sedatives just like alcohol depress your central nervous system and excessively relax your muscles including the tissues in your throat there are essential oils that seem to maybe work uh, after using a blend that contain essential oils like thyme, lavender, eucalyptus, and sage, 82% of the respondents in some study done by Journal of Phytotherapy Research, it showed that 82% claimed, in other words, the partners claimed the, that um, their partner were not snoring as much, so that's a good thing. There's nothing to lose here. So sage, eucalyptus, marjoram, lavender, thyme, cedarwood, mint, tea tree, and lemon. You can add them to a diffuser or rub them on your chest or uh, around your nose. Just do a skin test. Sometimes these things can um, irritate your skin. There's surgical interventions, which is amazing. <laughs> so obviously I'm not a big fan of surgery just like i said it should be la left as a last resort sometimes it's necessary and that is when you have to be smarter than just average to assess the problem getting a second opinion and or third opinion is nice but always use your common sense become educated about your own body there's a pro procedure called Uvulopalatopharyngoplasty, U-P-P-P. So uvula means uvula, palato means palate, pharynx is the back of your throat, plasty is surgery. That's just Latin for that. So while you're under general anesthesia, the doctor will tighten and trim excess tissue from your throat. Of course, that comes with pain, bleeding, potential infection, and nasal congestion. Then there is somnoplasty, where again, under local anesthesia, uh, the other one was general, this is local, the doctor will shrink the tissue in your soft palate using low-intensity radiofrequency signal. It's also called radiofrequency tissue ablation. Then you've got your laser system, uvulopalatolaryngoplasty. So obviously it uses laser. The goal here is to shorten soft tissue, I mean soft palate, and remove the uvula. So soft palate is that softer part. If it's too wide or too long, then um, that becomes more obstructive. So they try to shorten it. Excess tissue will be removed to enlarge your airway and minimize vibrations, which lead to snoring. Then there, there are these implants that you can, that they can put in your palate. It's also called pillar procedure. So what they do is they inject braided polyester filament strands into your soft palate 
to stiffen it, but its safety is not really investigated. Then there is sleep apnea. So listen to this. Sleep apnea has certain symptoms. You tell me if this is a symptom because it's a disease or it's common sense. So if you have sleep apnea, the symptoms of sleep apnea are waking up with a sore or dry mouth, dry throat. That just means you're breathing through your mouth. Occasionally waking up with a gasping or choking sensation. That means your oxygen has, loved, has dropped so much that you wake up. Recurrent awakenings or insomnia. That's the same thing. The choking is the extreme of the same thing. You're, you don't have to be choking, gasping for air to say you're um, low on oxygen. Forgetfulness, mood changes, or decreased interest in sexual intercourse. This is because your brain is not detoxified. It's not rested. So all of those things happen as a result of extreme lack of oxygen. So if you have obstruction for whatever reason, then that is going to lead to apnea. Most people wear it, wear CPAP because they don't want to be snoring. There are people who are on borderline. So you have to understand if you go to sleep studies and they study it and they have, they see it past a certain point, then you qualify for CPAP and your insurance pays for it. It's just, it's just the, the way to get it covered. So keep that in mind because sleep apnea can provoke or exacerbate other problems. It's very important to ad address it, of course. CPAP stands for continuous positive airway pressure. So they put air and then basically you're breathing. The issue here is multiple things. Only, CPAP only addresses the symptoms. It doesn't address the root of the problem. The machine is noisy, difficult to use. It takes time to clean it. You have to basically sleep with this thing hanging from you from your face, which interferes with the quality of your sleep due to other things. There are alternative to CPAP. There's this thing called oral myofunctional therapy. Myo means muscle function, you know what function is, and it's therapy. So oral myofunctional therapy. And then there is this other thing called buteka. It's B-U-T-E-Y-K-O. It's a Russian name, probably the name of the doctor. Buteka. Buteka breathing method. So let's, let's explore oral myofunctional therapy. You can search for it and you'll see that oral functional, orofacial functional therapy essentially is rest posture therapy. So orofacial means, uh, okay, orofacial means mouth and face. 
myofunctional therapy. So you're doing therapy of the muscles of the face and your mouth. So this can be done with the right therapist as long as they're, they're um, trained. It can be um, a medical doctor, osteopath, dentist, chiropractor, as long as they become um, trained in how to do the work, it's a fair game. The focus of the therapy, whether you're working with sucking habit, because sucking will work on your tongues, tongue ties, which that's where if you pick up your tongue and look at yourself in the mirror, there is a tissue that connects your tongue to the bottom of your tooth, uh, of your mouth. That's tongue tie is when that's too short or airway issues is always re, uh, reestablishing proper oral rest posture. So with tongue ties and sometimes the upper lip connected to your jaw, that tissue that um, just like the tongue tie that can be too short, they can surgically just open it and relax it. But there are exercises you can do. Um, you can do uh, put pressure tongue on the palate. You can basically the 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 orofacial myofunctional therapy. Uh, imagine, and you can do this with me as I explain it. You can uh, basically stick your tongue all the way out. You bring your tongue and put it to the side, left side, right side. You kind of uh, fold your tongue as if you're trying to make like a tunnel to bring it out. Uh, bring your tongue out. And then you can also roll your tongue against your top teeth and just kind of do resistive exercises there. So you're kind of pushing your tongue into your top front teeth to strengthen it. So the healthy oral rest posture includes the tongue on the palate, sealed lips, and nasal breathing. Um, when patients have good rest posture, there's equilibrium in the orofacial complex, both in function and in, basically in health and function. When the rest posture is altered, you see changes in muscle function and craniofacial issues. Um, so... Uh, since the tongue thrust is a symptom of change in tongue posture, we need to address the whole problem and not just pushing the tongue out and thrusting it out. So there's all these different things that I mentioned to you. Then there is buteka, which is a breathing method. Interesting. Use with people with asthma and the mouth breathers and involves incorporating breathing through nose. So what you do is you hold your, you take a nice deep breath in and you hold your breath and you stop breathing through your mouth. So the tendency for like as an asthmatic or someone with breathing issues is they 
breathe through the mouth. Why? Because they want to get the oxygen in the fastest. The brain is trying to make you live a long life. But so you resist the urge to want to breathe through your mouth. You hold the breath and then you make yourself breathe through the nose. This is from the postural neurology and functional movement perspective. You have to understand there is a map of how you do things in your brain called homunculus. We're talking about movement and sensation here. So if, let's say, because of asthma, you're not comfortable and you don't breathe through your nose, that whole system of how to breathe changes. So in order to take it back to, for lack of a better word, factory, factory design, the way you were born, the systematic way of doing the breathing in this case, you have to reprogram things. We call that positive neuroplasticity. So you stimulate it in the right direction. So that's at this juncture, since things are falling apart or going deviating from the norm, you have to take the initiative to understand what is the normal way and then prevent yourself from going the, the way you're used to, to kind of reprogram the brain to give the command a specific way. I use that same style of approach uh, to address chronic musculoskeletal and movement issues with patients. So in this instant, what we're doing is we're holding the breath and making us breathe through the nose. With Buteka comes what, so once you're past that and you start learning to breathe through your nose, then you do the what's called four, seven, eight breathing. So what you do is you inhale for four to the count of four, you hold to the count of seven, and you exhale through your nose to a count of eight. And for in extreme cases, it's 20 minutes of that four times a day. So this is for really, it's designed for asthmatics, but it helps with people who snore. What it does is it reprograms your breathing through your nose. You do all the other things that we've talked about. So that means, as always, if your goal is to get the easy way to get rid of the problem, but not getting to root cause of the problem, just know that that choice that you made 100% is doable, but the problem is going to come in a different form or accentuated form of what it is now later on. If you're okay with it, go for it. It's your own life. It's your own health. You make that decision. Everything that happens in your life is your decision. So there are things we can't control, but we certainly can control how we react to it. So when it comes to solving a problem, you can go, by all means, go get the CPAP. Just do know that you're not addressing the cause. Meanwhile, you're not sleeping well because now you've got this thing hanging from your face and you're not able to move around like you should. You better kiss your spouse or your partner goodnight before you hook up and forget about anything that, I mean, 
decreasing sexual intercourse, of course, if I can't breathe, I think that I won't be thinking about anything else. And it's a matter of by the, by the time I'm sleep deprived to begin with, I'm not oxygenated. I've got this thing hanging. Forget about going to bed and then thinking, oh, it would be nice to be intimate with my partner. I mean, let's be real. You are the designer and the director of your own life. So design and direct it the way you wish to live it. Make a decision. How important is your health? How important is how you live it? Don't get lazy about it. Do something in the right direction. And when it comes to your health, don't put it off for later. Because by the, by the time that later becomes a priority to you, so you attend to it, a lot of damage that is not reversible may have happened. That's the best advice I see. And I hope you take it to your heart and to your brain and start paying attention to the things that matter. Everything else on this planet in your life is secondary to your health. Without your health, you are not a quality person to whoever else you feel you need to attend to first, to whatever else is out there that you think you need to dedicate your health to because you're too busy attending to it. I hope that touches you just in the right place that you commit to yourself and your health, that from this point forward, you will not make the mistake you might have committed up to this point. I love you guys, whoever listens to this, whoever doesn't listen to it, because I have all that in my heart and in my brain to give me motivation to do the things that I do to bring awareness to you all. Please keep this in mind, keep your health in mind, and until next time, stay safe.